Hello and welcome to Soapbox Chat, the podcast that looks behind the scenes at TW Soapbox Stars. Each week we'll be talking to those involved to find out what goes into making such an incredible event that's now raised over £50,000 for local charities. So buckle up for 2021, the fun is just about to begin. This week, we talked to Dawn Stanford from Nourish Community Food Bank about the incredible work they do that has recently led them to receive a Queen's Volunteer Service Award. I mean, we can start there. What with Nourish? Yeah. With Nourish, okay. I mean, for for listeners who don't know about Nourish, for any of our listeners who don't know about Nourish, can you tell us a little bit about how Nourish was established and and and, and how and the sort of work that you've been doing over the because you twenty twelve you started, is that right? Yeah. So November twenty twelve. Um, it was a convers. It was it was it literally started with a conversation. So um, a local headmaster and Olga Johnson, who is still one of the coaches, had um, a conversation at a barbecue or a local event, and um, Keith was saying about um, children that he knew um, who had said they didn't for harvest upcoming. What would happen, or what did they bring in if they didn't have tins in their cupboard? Um, because he'd obviously been talking to them during assembly about get your spare tins, bring them in. Um, and he said it kind of made him stop and think um, that people local wouldn't have tins in their cupboard. Mm. Um, Olga said she just she just couldn't shake that feeling and she took it home with her. And she started talking to a few other businesses and other people that worked in the local area. And they said, yeah, there are, you know, there are people going going hungry and poverty is a real issue in in Tunbridge Wells and um and that was it you know mm. it was it was a chance conversation and it just was it grew from that um so it started really small in 2012 I think they had about a 75 square foot um free storage unit down at Big Yellow mm. um they didn't really know how things were going to work but it was going to be delivery people would re- be referred in um and that's kind of how they went until um, the next year on, in 2013, they started thinking more about the structure, how it could grow, um, and they found me. <laughs> and they heard about me, and then they found me, um, and I became the operations manager mm. in August of 2013. Um, and Nourish were doing about seven deliveries a week at that point. Right. Um, <laughs> the poor guys within three weeks they were doing about 30 within about seven <laughs> weeks they were doing about 50 and then and we just grew we just grew from there and we we quickly moved I mean we moved within a month out of the 75 mm-hmm. square feet and we we were up into 200 and and now well you know now we're we're near a 2,000 square feet um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just gone crazy yeah yeah I mean I guess it's a bit like that why well, I live on the south coast and it's probably mm. similar to you know you look at Tunbridge Wells you think affluent area um 
some people for some people sometimes it's difficult to see where that level of poverty is they 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 can't see it it's almost like it's not in front of them but obviously it is there in huge amounts and you're and and what you're doing is proving that um mm. w- was it something you were aware of before you got involved with nourish um well i have been a serial volunteer probably for about over, well over 20 years um and and always and in tunbridge wells mm. um since the birth of my eldest child so um yeah i think i was aware of it probably not as involved in the scale but you know the poverty line is defined by how much it costs to live where you live Mm. so Mm. it's about the money coming in and how much it costs for the basic living expenses you know your your rent and I don't really understand how people don't see it or how I didn't understand it before because minimum wage kind of always has been minimum wage and living in some of time which wells you would expect the rents to be you know nobody's Nobody really is surprised about London or Birmingham or the biggest sort of northern towns where it's quite expensive to live nearer the centre um, and, and yet wages are quite low. But it's just been a real stumbling block in this area. They just, mm. it's perceived as, you know, we are in Royal Tumbridge Wells in the Garden of Kent, you know, and, it, and it's a really lovely place to live, which it is. It's an amazing place to live. But it takes an amazing group of volunteer organisations and and things to kind of fill those pockets. Yeah, that's such an interesting. I've never thought of it that way. I've I, honestly, I've just not thought of it that way before, John. I've talked to you a lot about this, but that whole. You're right. It is the cost of living, and it is comparable with some of London, isn't it? We do. Yeah. You know, you go, you, you go to certain places, and it costs a lot of money to live. It's if you choose well, to be here. And also, I'd argue you haven't got the London waiting. You haven't got the wage no. structure of those places. So yeah. you've got the cost of living is this is similar. You know, same yes. down here. I'm I'm near Brighton, sim- very similar. But you haven't yeah. got that ex- you know that extra bit of wage, which I don't so know. true, so true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. It's, but it's that 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 is a big. There is a big mm. void there. And certainly when I started talking to you about you know holiday schemes and things that you help with, I mean, I just honestly eyes were opened. Yeah, tell me about the holiday scheme because I used to work for family support work um, support uh, charity, and I it was always a big thing to try and get extra food just before summer holidays because people don't think about that. You know, obviously there are children who get school meals as supplement to their, you know, their their, their weekly food, but mm-hmm. people forget that they're obviously going to be off for six weeks. Um, and yeah. obviously that's something you, you, you've been working on quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, so a few years ago, um, after I'd been in post for a couple of years probably, um, we kind of reflect always on our yearly figures I mean we don't kind of reflect while we're doing it because we just get on with it to be fair and it's it's really good for charities I think and organizations as a whole to kind of look back on their history because it it really you're so caught up with just doing it day by day that actually that time of reflection is so important Mm. Um, and it was during one of these um, times of reflection that we we literally looked at the spike of the uh, referrals. Um, And we've always been involved in meetings with family liaison officers and the local schools and the children's centres. And I'll be honest with you, it's kind of the hidden holiday hunger that has always been our focus. So, Mm. you know, the school meals and the free school meal premium, yes, that's a massive gap. I mean, this year, obviously, with the provision for the vouchers to be extended through the summer holidays is is huge mm. but it's not always that category um 
that kind of fall into our demographic. It's the the working families who are on a very low basic income. You know, I know personally that during the holidays, I have to budget for an extra minimum of £150 a week so to true. be spent on childcare. My yeah. wages don't go up in the summer holidays. Yeah. I also don't necessarily have as much time, I, you know, that routine where that you, you don't realise how much you rely on the school time um, for everything. I mean, it's not just the food, you know, the utilities go up, you know, everything. And just doing those few little bits and pieces that enhance your life and, and make summer holidays what they are for children, you know, they really dip into the family budget. And I think this year even more mm. so with furlough not even covering all your bills you're already working at a deficit um you know i i we've had to take the decision that there is no childcare in the summer holidays this year um unfortunately they're just going to have to be feral <laughs> <They're gonna> <laughs> <have> <laughs> <to>. <laughs> we're going back to basics yeah. clearly but but, um, but but isn't that that's so again relevant because what i literally just this morning was saying to someone i've just taken my daughter off to a pony club for the week which costs money but she's great she's doing something and she's able to outside fantastic yeah. but i just said as i was sort of picking up one of her friends it literally it, the time that she's now at school during the day at, at this camp I can actually do something I can actually work and actually the costs of, of all of our living through lockdown mm. we've all we all sort of we all sort of allow for the summer holidays but this year we've got six months of it it's a long mm. time for yeah. any working parents isn't it it's difficult yeah and we've always seen a, a bigger um portion of um, working parents, mm. our unemployed clientele have been relatively low, consistently through you know under ten percent overall. So around the six seven percent mark, and that includes our under eighteens, um, you know the mm. sixteen to twenty four bracket really that are in supported accommodation or coming out, and also the over sixty fives are on a pension. They come in our unemployed bracket in previous yeah. years. Um, so it's always been the working poor, you know, yeah. essentially that has built up our main client base. So you know they're even they're hit even harder this year. They really are, and and we're the same. You know, I've got two boys. I put them into a rugby camp every summer, which mm. is amazing. Um, it costs me about 300 quid for mm. the week um, and it's and it's short, but they want me to go and watch as well. So I don't even have, you know, I pop up at lunchtime or the last day. But, it, you know, those are the memories that you can't get back for them. Exactly. And having to make those decisions is so hard. You know, it really is. And I can't imagine what it's like, you know, with others. And, and older siblings are not reliable childcare. They're really nasty, no. you know. <laughs> It's like torture. It's worse than mum on a bad day leaving them with an older sibling. Sometimes it's good. They get on for sometimes 40 minutes, you know. You can really get a good snapshot. And then the next day you just need a referee. Um, I try not to step in unless there's blood, um, really. (laughs) (laughs) I I kind of pretend I can't hear them. And I wear these even when I'm not on a Zoom call just to make them think that I am. Um, It's hard. Do you think the stigma about, I know when we spoke before, certainly about the holidays, that, you know, that 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 sort of feeling that we are you know, middle class, whatever we are in Tunbridge Wells, and that we would never need to ask for help. You know, it's, I mean, it's a very British thing anyway, but the whole mm. area. And do you think now through lockdown that people are going to be a bit more accepting of working with charities like yourself and a bit more open about what you're doing? Because I feel like everyone's 
going to be a bit more it's sort of broken the stigmas that lie with things oh 100 percent. i think um this is kind of like um covid is seen as an acceptable crisis mm. which is utterly ridiculous yeah. in, in my head yeah. because a crisis is a crisis. It's, it's an uncontrollable yes. event that has a knock-on effect in your life and your finances. But I, I really do think, and we, and I've spoken to loads of clients, you know, through lockdown, and they're just like, you know, I've always donated, but it's so nice to be able to tap into this service now. And you know, yeah. it's it, we're okay because it, you know we wouldn't be here apart from COVID. You know, and it's it's like I don't know, I, I don't understand it when you talk to other people about the clients. Um, you know, there's a lot of sympathy around domestic violence cases. There's a lot of sympathy around, you know, long-term illness, bereavement, redundancy, because people see that as kind of acceptable because it's out of your control. Yeah. But, at, you know, I don't, I don't know how we would ever get over that stigma of, do you know what? It's actually okay. Yeah, of course. You know, whatever's happened is fine. You didn't yes. plan to get into crisis. You know, if you lead a chaotic lifestyle, you know, so what? It, it, some things happen, you know, mm. and we we don't differentiate, obviously, the same as, you know, any other organisation really that deals with a, a mix of clients. And I don't have a typical. Um, mm. I, I remember speaking to a lady a, a couple of years ago um, about holiday hunger and, and we'd supported her for the six weeks and she I spoke to her on the last week and she said, oh, I feel ever so guilty. Um, you know, thank you so much. I was just wanted to say thank you so much for the parcels. Um, and I feel really guilty because having those parcels, she said, I've I've kind of put like a pound away a week, a couple of pounds here and there. She said, and I've got a picnic and I'm taking my boys to see um, the latest film, the newest release. And we're taking a little picnic, you know, like snacks and things. She went, but... I really want them to go back to school. When everyone's going back and they do that whole, what did you do with your summer? I want them to have something that doesn't make them feel so different from everyone else in their class. Yeah. And I just thought, oh my God, you know, we take this for granted. But it it was so, it was so important to her. And it was like the most precious thing that you wouldn't think you would get out of a food parcel. It's, on, it's not, not in that you're just basically meeting an essential you know, human requirement, nutrition. Absolutely. You yeah. need it to survive. But actually, it's so much more. It's just yeah. so much more. And the holiday hunger campaign and the holiday hunger parcels and everything are always, you know, like that for us. They mm -hmm. always mean so much more going out. And it's really nice to hear how much of an impact they make at the other end. It's nice to see people um, really seeing what you do, actually. That, that for me personally, this crisis has been, with working with you at Nourish, it's been just, you know, people realise that, that it's a fantastic thing. <laughs> you know, any sort of help we can all give each other. Yeah. But yeah, Giles looks like he's about to say something. He looks deep in thought. <laughs> Very studious. We're just waffling away. Oh, no, it's good. Looks, yeah, you look smart. We don't. No, I was going to ask. What I was going to ask was uh, you. You alluded to it there. That additional support and yeah. people aren't just coming for food. Sometimes it's actually just to see a friendly face and all that kind of stuff as well. Does Nourish offer other supports, or do you work with other um, counselling services, that sort of thing, to help people? longer term not just with that initial food you know the food supply yeah so nourish is um 
I suppose we're more about the nuts and bolts. So our our remit is is to supply the food. So if somebody needs a bit more, mm. we can signpost. So we do work alongside loads of other, you know, really fantastic organisations. And I keep my hand on, you know, all the latest updates, what's going on, what's available, you know. And when a referral comes into me, quite often. Um, one of the strengths, I suppose, from a referral agent choosing us and tapping into my amazingly massive brain um, is, you know, <laughs> is modest, that, amazingly you know, massive, so modest, modest brain. Can, I just, I'm just hoping that you edit out all the fluff, really. That no, I, that's going to be the main, myself. main, yeah. main start. Yeah, amazing, awesome. amazing, modest brain. Yes, but I, I know what goes on here, and they'll say, you know, what do you suggest? You know, or I will, I will look at what they write you know about what's going on or what's what's happening and i will think you know what i'll i'll refer them to homestar or i'll speak to feast or i know there's a church over there that does mm. a really lovely little cafe in the morning and the ladies will you know take them in and give them a cup of tea and a bit of a hug and you know that sort of thing so i think i suppose the strength of Amy being involved for so long and also obviously being chosen to come into post from the background that i have is is a massive asset for us um and leslie my assistant who um quite often shadows me at, at, at events or comes to coffee mornings you know she's she's picking all that up on all those connections as well and um i just i think they're invaluable i think they are mm. absolutely invaluable and we do have links in so if we get um a referral and they go they've got you know they've moved they've got nothing um i will know that i could sort of go to children's salon and say, you know, there's a lady that really, really needs a new mattress or a new fridge or um, the CAB have got a lovely um, scheme where they can make applications for them, you know, for, I don't know, paying off a massive bill or grants, you know, all those sorts of things that are available mm -hmm. that I couldn't actually put it all down on paper because it changes so quickly. Mm -hmm. It's kind of being involved and up to date with all the organisations. We link in with the um, the Muslim Women's Forum who are so so helpful for us when we're making a bag up specifically you know they give me advice on spices and what things are useful and they will take you know people into their coffee mornings and work on support for the families that would fit in their remit I've got good links with the um the traveler community and when we get you know referrals in from there I'll know certain people who I could say you know we've got this lady she's moved into the area she might not know you know this is the sort of thing that would be good for you. And there, you know, those, those relationships are built and, and connected and maintained. Um, and I do love a coffee. <laughs> it's so hard. It's sort of the hardest bit of my job. <laughs> Popping but in somewhere. Amazing, but that's so, I mean, it's just all those details that people probably just don't, it's like anything, isn't it? They just don't realize how deeply those roots run. Yes. It's fantastic. It's in yeah. your community. You, it's um and it's incredible for someone that comes to nourish then that they that you have all this advice you're able to give mm. because you do give you know very openly you're very um you're a million trillion percent committed to the cause Dawn. oh 100 percent. it's yeah you know it's a it's a massive passion for me it's your life isn't it it's, it's, oh yeah totally i mean it's, yeah everyone in the household is involved obviously my partner alan is the warehouse manager um my eldest daughter does um helps at events she's brilliant at talking to people you know they know 
uh, enough about nourish because it's it's at home it's at work it's in the car it's you know they know everything and they'll talk to anyone about it and they're so proud of of the organization and my other daughter's um the next one down she's volunteered for the last well from when i came into post so nearly eight years mm. you know every single week and she absolutely loves it um and the others have no choice. They want to see us. They come down. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley's good at picking up donations, you know, lugging trays around. It is it is a real family thing. And it, I think it has mm-hmm. to be when you invest yeah. as much of yourself as I do. Um, and I do that with everything that I volunteer with. You know, I do volunteer still for other organizations. I don't do a lo- as much as I'd like, but I do volunteer for other organizations. And I don't do anything that I'm not passionate about because mm-hmm. I there's nothing fake i just can't you know i just i'm a serial volunteer so i need to go to one of those support groups Hello, <laughs> and i volunteer for everything i can't say no <laughs> um it's just it's yeah it could be it. a lot worse you could be oh, a lot worse dawn i know, just, you know. I, know. I, know. No, I love <laughs> it i really do love it it is stressful but mm. at times but that passion is what sees you through those bits dawn for, for for someone who might be thinking about coming to the food bank to use it what are the practical what's the practicalities of starting to use the food bank so we don't take self-referrals but that doesn't mean to say that we say no Mm. it just means that us giving out a food parcel to anyone that came in wouldn't really solve the issue around why you came to us Mm. um so we would probably i mean i take i took a phone call about 20 minutes ago from someone saying you know hi, I just want to know how I get how I get food. And I said, okay, where do you live? You know, what's gone wrong? What's happening? How would you normally get your shopping? Um, and I was like, okay, so you've, um, you'll be in touch. You're at the Housing Association. That's your landlord. Um, you know, there's an income manager there. They've also got um, a tenancy sustainment officer um, who sorts out making sure you've got everything coming into the household that you should. They'll help you sort out the little bit of arrears you've got. Um, and they can help you, um, or I can refer you through them into Crosslight. And that will help sort out the other debts and bits and pieces because, you know, you need to kind of draw a line, work out what you can afford, what you can't, and, th- and then go from there. I said, and you'll get nourish support alongside that. So we would be able to give them about four weeks worth of breathing space um, initially. And and she was like, that, oh, that's brilliant. I didn't know. I didn't think about calling my landlord. You know, but she was in touch with the school. She was in touch with other bits and pieces, but the landlord would be her best way in mm. because everything is there. And she needs to talk to them about the rent arrears, um, you know, that have built up because she's been on furlough and she's not getting enough enough wages. And, and you know, it's it doesn't matter whether you earn 100000 a year or 15000 a year. Your bills will probably match your earnings. Mm-hmm. So if you suddenly drop that by 20% or completely, as in you've got no job, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like you can just automatically sell your car or free up the money in your house or sell the things that you may have accumulated over the years. You will be in crisis. I think there's a... I don't even know who said it. I'd like to take the credit, but it's not me. Um, it, it says you're three pay packets away from being yeah. or needing a food bank. Mm-hmm. So you could manage probably the first month. And I think that's the way everyone thought mm-hmm. when we thought we were going to be closed for a few weeks initially, three weeks. Um, but then the next month, tough. Two people in the same household working for, um, you know, a company that's gone under completely. You know, that's two household incomes gone. You know, it's it's really tough, and I think these are just unprecedented. You know, 
Um, so yeah, everyone everyone comes in through a referral agency. That means they're getting support. That means they are engaging with someone who can change their circumstances. It's not us turning anyone away. I couldn't support every single client that comes through and help them sort out their their problems. Mm. I just I'm brilliant but i'm not quite that brilliant not superwoman yeah no 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 but you know they they get the right help and then we're the crutch that holds them up while they while they come out the other side that's amazing no we are aren't we (laughs) (laughs) we're just all amazing amazing drop the the mic (laughs) i'm not expecting you to have the answer to this but you know, before she will. she's amazing, she will. Before you know, before um, this global crisis started, you know, you could look at the UK and think, you know, fifth biggest economy in the world. Why have we got food banks? What can local authority and government be doing to, you know, to stop us having food banks in this country? Um, I don't think there is anything that they can do. I think um, when I'm queen. Um, there isn't anything I would change about, there isn't anything you can do to prepare for the unexpected. You know, you can't give people so much disposable income that they can cope with somebody in the household suddenly dying. They can cope with um, years of domestic violence and suddenly have to relocate with nothing. Um or the boiler blowing up or the window, you know, there isn't, you could take out all the insurances in the world. You could be on a really good wage. It, there is nothing that you can do to prepare for the unexpected. I don't, I don't think there is. I think there will always be a need for something people used to, you know, everyone says, Oh, we didn't have food banks, you know, um, my mother-in-law's the same. We didn't have food banks. You know, we didn't do that. But you had extended family. You had um, a, a parent who lived fairly local that did have disposable income. Yeah, I I was very lucky. Um, you know, at times over the when my dad's retired, not before. As soon as my dad retired, he lent us money for the car going wrong, or you know, mm-hmm. my, it bailed out me and my brothers on probably more than one occasion. I just think that that's the difference between now and back then. Um, and I don't know how you would bring that back because that time has passed. Mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. That's a, a that's a very important observation, actually, because I even um, myself personally before lockdown, I had a few things that were just owing on credit cards, and they just honestly, it was a my my ex partner and I, my ex husband and I had some accumulative stuff, and it just got out of hand. It just got a little bit over. And because I was waiting for some money to come in, there was a time lapse. Yep. And it, you could see how easily that could crack you, like literally yep. crack you. And and yet I'd be driving around in a very nice car, living in a nice house, blah, 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 blah. But it can mm. now, you know, I think this current lockdown as well has probably made all of us look at where we can avoid those things, if we can avoid. Do you know what I mean? I think we'll mm. all have to be a bit more... But there are some scenarios, like you say, that are just totally out of our hands. They are not even, even if you never, ever put a holiday on a credit card or you never, ever did anything like that. Someone passing or losing a job or splitting up with a partner. All these things are facts of life now. And life doesn't stop being expensive just because of that, does it? It's, It's difficult. 
I think it's yeah, just that I, thing. I think it's just that you literally yeah. are saying it's just it's a it's a part of life. It's a way of yep. life. It's not there's not one thing to blame. There's not no. one, there's not necessarily politics. It's a accumulation of the way we've changed in our day to day living as society. Yeah. Um, and it's you know it's 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 tough, but it's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like the the the, the life we all see on social media is actually necessarily the life we're all living. It's the best no. version of. Isn't yeah, it? It is. We're yeah. not going to put up the rubbish day. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might, but I mean, yeah. like you know, now and again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and I and I don't and I personally don't see food banks as a bad thing. No, not I really at all. don't. They're I really not. don't. I think they've got a very important place in our society now one for being there yeah but the flip side is also um as an outlet for people who want to help and people who like to donate and people who you know the surplus from the supermarkets that would otherwise go to waste and that's always gone to waste you know now all those are being utilized you know i think i yeah I, i just i don't see it as a negative thing and i'm I'm not going to be swayed. <laughs> no. Well, and, and you could, and you could, not, yeah. no, and you could argue if we didn't have them, this crisis, this last crisis we've been having is would have been even worse. You know, you there'd imagine? be people exactly. Yeah. 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 exactly. You, you that's where I see that this this current crisis has highlighted the need and and the accessibility. And again, it is like you say, it's 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 filling in the community where it needs mm. filling in, where it needs help bridging. It's it's hot. You know, we're all happy to go to the doctors when we don't feel well but we sometimes when we need help in other areas we're not we see it as a it's almost a bit it's it's, it's silly it's that shame word there's almost a bit of shame around it it's like yeah there shouldn't be that definitely not it's a very positive thing which is why we chose you for the soapbox clearly yeah i mean it is and i i absolutely agree i mean and it's the same with um the only thing i can liken it to is sort of you know with mental health mm-hmm. um people take medication for mental health and there's a real stigma attached to it, but people rely on that medication to keep their levels even. Absolutely. A diabetic is not challenged because they rely on insulin to keep that hormone level static. You know, exactly. it's, it's a real, it's just a perception and it's just one that once society gets hold of it, they just can't let it go. Yes. And, and people say, oh, well, um, you know what you create the food bank and then people become hungry not really they were going hungry before there were people in crisis before food banks mm-hmm. there were people you know having issues with mental health before you put those services out there um you know it's we're not political we're not mm-hmm. um we're not uh, we're very apolitical in, in fact we don't the issues about how people get to us are not our concern our concern is meeting those needs once they get to us um yeah. and that's where we kind of we're okay because we're independent we we're not connected to a franchise we're not a, a national uh, food bank or anything we are independent so we've got control but it it also means that you lose out a little bit on that joint funding and support that would come with being part of a bigger organization mm-hmm. nicole so obviously you want to work you're wanting to work with nourish for the soapbox stage. how did you first yeah. come across nourish well, because Children's Salon were our main sponsor for the second year and we supported Tailor Made Dreams, we'd, with working through Gracie from Children's Salon, and we, it just, Nourish just became more on the radar. Um, and also more recently working with Sarah Rain, who obviously 
um, was part of Hospice in the Weald at the time. So, and I loved working with Sarah. And obviously, you've met Dawn. At the, you've you've always helped and supported. So, it was just really we were very excited to work with Dawn in any way we could. But it was also with the schools being involved. You know, we just had this. Well, I had an idea of of getting the food banks at the entrances and having those entrance points. Um, and one of the things that was obviously disappointing for me when the soapbox had to be cancelled, which was fine, every other event had to be as well, but it was that loss that that charity would miss out on of having that, not, not just the support from the community, but also the profile. It's great, that's a great event for raising charities' profiles and getting people involved in the cause. And actually, you know, as fate would have it, um, they've had even more than they would have got probably than from doing the soapbox because of how vital they've been and how amazing they've been this pandemic. Um, so we're really excited to do more with the next year, and I think it will take a whole new, you know, I think there'll be lots of filming involved and all sorts of things about what they do. So we're, we're excited to be doing even more in 2021, and there'll be obviously the schools involved too. So it's worked out all right. Mm. Um, so yeah, we've. we've it's 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 funny how things turn out, Giles, isn't it? It is. So, at next year's um, soapbox. Yes. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> You'll be doing the same thing. You'll have um, checkpoints at the beginning and at the at the various entrances and stuff. I think we'll definitely do that. But I think um, certainly Dawn and I will be talking more about what we're going to do because arguably we really, you know, all that you can all that you can do is learn from experience as far as I'm concerned. Every experience you have, whether it's smashing your face in a soapbox crash or whatever <laughs> it is, it's what you do with that experience and what you learn from it, you know. So um, this year, next year we'll have a wet weather plan because it rains year two. Well, I think with what's happened recently, it would be foolish not to sit down with Dawn again and look at it all and say, right, what can we do that would be really integrating? So you'll have to sort of wait for a thorough answer on that one, Giles, I think. Probably yeah. a we'll know more yeah okay. but lots definitely yeah now we can't have this conversation without um mentioning that you guys won an award <gasps> mm. tell, tell me about yeah, oh, we are the queen. yeah tell us about yeah. that um yeah i mean it it still hasn't sunk in it really hasn't i mean it's it's surreal um one to be nominated for the queen's award which is pretty sure. much the yeah. highest award that a, a voluntary organization can win um you know being nominated we were a bit like wow you know the lifeboat organization was uh, one in previous years and we had the high sheriff out for a visit the high sheriff of kent the former high sheriff of kent jane she was absolutely amazing she was so interesting i met her at the i was invited to speak at the uh, kent women's police um conference a couple of years ago which was really 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 good um Helpfully for me, there was a lot on about the menopause, which I didn't realise then would become very useful. Um, but um, I, I was invited to speak and I met Jane then and she came to visit Nourish and had a look around. Um, and I didn't realise how um, unique we are for such a small charity to have a massive volunteer base. And I mean, you know, those volunteers, they, we deliver every day of the year, every single day of the year. We deliver every hour of the day you know we've only had one christmas in eight years where alan and i haven't had to go out on a delivery because there's been something urgent propped up 
we've delivered in the snow, the rain, the heat, you know, and those volunteers are, every single one of them is as passionate as I am. You know, we, they really are awesome. And the Queen's Award just recognises that. Um, you know, we know how awesome they are and I tell them all the time and I'm really, they know how appreciative I am and I've done every role, I do every role within Nourish. Um, but it's just having that outside recognition, it's amazing. They completely and utterly deserve the focus to be on them and I'm, I'm so proud. I mean, they, they're all just so humble. They're just like, oh, when are you going to the palace? You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> they want, and we, we, you know, we're planning lots of little internal celebrations and oh, and they amazing. never let us celebrate they never you know we put on volunteer lunches and stuff and and they're all a bit like no you know we really don't want to do that you know we don't need any fuss this has given me the perfect excuse to go do you know what you are compulsory you're compulsory yeah. required to be at this you know it's it's amazing and yeah it's a huge honor um but we totally deserve it no they totally yeah, no well i think you do you do they really do yeah, yeah that and is it's amazing. quite good. We're we're relatively in our infancy compared mm. to other organisations that have won this type of award. Um, uh, yeah, it's I don't know. It's just yeah. brilliant. It's it just is. amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and thoroughly deserved. It's an amazing achievement. Um, mm. It really is. I'm just looking forward to seeing it on my um header and my footer on my emails. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, and telling everyone I work for an award-winning charity. It's just yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, honestly, I have a lot of clients that that's the, that's the main objective is to, you know, win, really? win a Queen's. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, when I saw you guys have got it, I was like, whoa. I mean, seriously, it's... I might have to get a bumper sticker for my car. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> just get a crown. Just you know, a crown. Very just modestly, crown I might just need to get a little tiara. <laughs> Every really? Zoom meeting, I'll have it across the top. Please yeah. do that. That would be amazing. Well, Dawn, no. it's been amazing talking to you and it's such inspiring yeah. work you're doing. How can people get in touch with Nourish? So um, the website is obviously the first port of call. We are across all the social media platforms um the holiday hunger campaign for this year obviously we've had to kind of tag everything differently because normally we would have food drives from the schools the churches do food drives um we normally have a couple of events in the supermarkets leading up to the holiday hunger um and every and corporates but we we don't have any of that this year so we've really had to go back to basics and kind of thought mm. thinking how we can get out there so we turn to our supermarkets because they're kind of the only stream of donations at the moment. So it will be hopefully in all the local supermarkets. It will be across our social media. There is a wanted list. Um, all the email addresses come to me other than admin. Um, so, you know, get in touch. All the phone numbers also come to me. So if you want to speak to an award-winning charity. <laughs> <laughs> Just get that in again. <laughs> Um, yeah, get, you know, it, there's a there's a lot. We've had um, we've we've worked with a really good animator. You know, there's mm. some really good snapshots on there and, and stories. Um, you know, I really want people to know mm. the impact of every single thing they donate. You know, it's not just a pound in a pot. It's not yeah, just it's a powerful, isn't it? It's in a really in powerful. a donation point, it you know the impact you have at the other end, and and real time. You know, if you donate something this week off of our most wanted items it's on somebody's table mm. by the weekend you know somebody yeah. is benefiting from that there's not a lot of charities or a lot of giving where you can have such a real close impact so quickly mm. um 
and yeah and relatable for everyone now everyone can relate i mean everyone is some yeah. way of you know even if you didn't think that you would need help with food getting to you right because of financial reason mm -hmm. i mean i was in the lockdown i'm asthmatic so i couldn't go out i couldn't go shopping i yep. wanted to help volunteer i couldn't do that I had people bringing food for me and my two children because I'm on my own with the two children. Mm -hmm. I would be lost without that support through that. Mm -hmm. So now it's really relatable for a lot more people than I would have said mm -hmm. could relate to it before. And it's like you say, if people get involved in that, that community spirit that we have seen a lot of over the past few months, you know, mm -hmm. maybe not so much, maybe, but more so at the beginning. Yeah. That's brilliant, isn't it? We can all help each other then. Simple. Yeah, totally. And I mean, if you, if you think about, you know, when I go to schools and I talk to the children about um, what it feels like to feel hungry, so mm. that's all you can focus on is feeling hungry. You can't concentrate properly on doing your schoolwork. You know, there's been a massive thing about having a good breakfast, making sure mm. you're fed at lunch. Now, you imagine that you're in crisis and you're dealing with debts or you're dealing with, um, you know, homelessness or you're dealing with domestic violence, but you're hungry as well because you, you how can you deal and how can you function on everything else when your overriding senses I haven't eaten or I really want to eat you can't you cannot sort anything out it's a basic need well yeah Dawn St Dawn Stanford thank you so much from the award winning Nourish <laughs> excellent thank you so much for your time kind of, we need some kind of applause put on the end of this yeah, yeah I could do that <laughs> yeah, thank you Dawn yeah thank you so much To find out more or to get involved in the Tunbridge Wells Soapbox Race 2021, please contact Chatty Hatter by email. The address is hello at chattyhatter.com.